You're listening to The Message Talk Show, where your message matters. We interview purpose-driven, mission-centered speakers, authors, content creators, educators, passionate about what they do. Because passion brings change when you tell your story. Now put your hands together and welcome your host, Alex Gordon. I like the music. <laughs> Gotta get in the mood. Gotta get yeah. in the mood. Yeah. Welcome to the Message Talk Show, broadcasting all the way from London. I was about to say sunny London, but when I look out the window, I can see the rain coming down and we have thunderstorm warnings across the country. So it's not as sunny. So wherever you are tuning in from, whether you're tuning in from the Caribbean, Africa, America, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. You've probably been in Australia. Welcome to the Message Talk Show. So where are you tuning in from? Where are you tuning in from? Just post in the message box where you're tuning from, where you're tuning on, where you tuning in from today, and we will honor you. We will honor you when you post to the message box to say where you're tuning in from. So today, we're on the message talk show. We believe that passionate, mission-centered individuals bring change and can bring change. So we help educators, we help coaches, we help speakers, we help content creators. Go from unknown, wait for it, go from unknown to unforgettable just by getting your message out. So if you're a small business owner, if you're an entrepreneur, or it's just an idea in your head at the moment, connect with us, work with us, craft your message and get your message out and get featured. We broadcast on Thursdays, 11 o'clock, British Standard Time. Now, if you are unable to make the live broadcast, then within one hour, tune into the replay. Now, the one thing, just press the share button. If you've got a friend or some friends you think that will benefit from the show today, press the share button. Tune in and press the share button to your page, to your group page, and to your personal profile, or press the subscribe button. Thank you. Welcome. Now, today we have an amazing guest in the house today. We have an amazing guest in the house today. And when I read the profile, I just said, my we, I've got to read this profile. I normally edit down the profile sometimes because they're long. But this one, I couldn't edit it down. I just thought, I've got to read this one. So in the house today, let's just show we have a lady in the house today, a special guest. So today we're talking about how to improve the way we do education to add creative value. How to improve the way we do education to add creative value. And we've certainly seen it. During the pandemic, we had to rethink how we do education, how we deliver education services to the public. And the question we're asking, is it gonna be permanent or is there more to happen? Is there more to change? I have, a, I have someone in the house today. Her name is Rijol, and she thinks this is just the beginning. So before she comes on to talk about herself, let, let me just read her profile. Rijol is a public speaker. She's an author. She's an event manager. She's a STEM ambassador and an educator. With over 10 years of experience working in the city London schools, she was born raised in Spain, where she trained as a specialist language teacher before coming to the UK. She is the founder of Steam Power, a social enterprise that delivers STEM workshops and events to children from underrepresented communities. She thinks that grades should not determine young people's career choices. Do you hear that? And we've seen that during this pandemic. She believes that grades should not determine young people's career choices. According to her, approaches to learning need to change so no child is left behind. I like that statement. No child is left behind. Additionally, she collaborates with other like-minded organizations, engaging the community with events that foster a love for STEM, and she'll tell us what that is, across the country. Her statement, the community needs to control the narrative when it comes to education. Negative stereotypes 
are sentencing many young people to a cycle of generational poverty, youth violence, and mental illness. She is also the founder of Extraordinary Parenting, a social platform that aims to empower parents from the African and Caribbean, African Caribbean community. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for a job, man. That was an amazing profile. I just had to read that today. There is no way I could not read that. No child left behind. We parents need to control the narrative. The door, man. Man, tell us the story behind you, man. How did you get here? How did I get here? Well, yeah, what's your story? Tell us a story, man. There must story? be a story to this. Yeah. There's always a story. You know, the story is seeing many children in classrooms feeling under undervalued, feeling some of, in their own words, they would say stupid, feeling disengaged and uh, unmotivated because many of the activities or many of the curriculum itself doesn't cater to their needs, to their emotional needs, and also to their academical uh, uh, abilities as well. So, so in order to change that, it to improve to an extent uh, the behavior in the classroom, I think children need to be engaged and motivated about what they learn and excited about what they learn. If they can see that what they learn in has an application in the real wor world, in their reality, first of all, in their communities, I think we have a better chance of, of en engaging the younger generation. Yes, yeah. No, that's not a lie. That is very true. But there must have been a journey for you to get to that point because what you're saying to me is exactly what's required and what's needed. We're looking at it. But what is your journey to get to that point when, when you came to that conclusion? What was it that brought you to that conclusion? Oh, excellent question. Well, what brought me to that conclusion is when I was doing I was doing a lot of supply teaching, and I would go from many to many schools, like from borough to borough. I would uh, do supply teaching in Brixton. I would do su supply teaching in, in, in well in Lambeth and uh, in Southwark, in Croydon, in Lucian. And I would see that uh, when you look at the behaviors towards learning and also behaving in the class among certain black populations from the community. It is pretty much the same, especially particularly among the boys, among the boys, especially the behavior issues, the, the lack of, uh, of, uh, of engagement. And I thought to myself, there must be something that is common to all this, to this pattern of behavior. It's no coincidence that you see similar behaviors across different, across different schools in different boroughs. So there's a common narrative that needs to be changed. That that's so, how that's that's how that's how it started. So what we're saying is that the 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 the, the it, it's not just a feature of a particular set of people or a particular group of people. It's across the board with children, with young people. Yes, it is across the board. Yeah, in, yeah. in getting them engaged. Yes, and especially talking to people outside, especially parents outside uh, the school, you know, many parents feel disempowered when talking to, to, the, to the schools. You know, it tends how, to be the... How do you mean being disempowered when they talk to the school? The school's supposed to help them. Yes, it is, but you see, you'll be surprised how many parents can, don't feel confident when talking to the school because maybe they don't speak English as the, as, as the first. English is not the first language. Language okay. is, a, is a major, major one. So you'd be surprised how many parents, even though they had probably more than one child going to the same school, they're not empowered to actually engage with the school. They feel that the school is not going to listen to them. But, um, but the, school must, the school must sense this. They must sense what's happening in the relationship if, if the parents aren't engaging. So what, you know, what, what things do schools do to try and get parents to engage? It's really difficult. I know that some schools might try to have um, translated uh, apps in their website so the parents know what's happening. But the pandemic has been, uh, you know, has, been, uh, has made that obvious to everyone that not all parents are able to engage with the home learning facilities okay. because... They are not that literate, literate in the first place. And also they might work and not, might, not, might not have the time to uh, sit down and support the children at home. That, that's, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's really, really sad. It's not the majority of parents that are able to engage with the learning. 
But this has not yes. just been happening during the pandemic. This was not happening long before the pandemic. Yes, long before. And, and it saddens me because you see certain communities, the ones that disengage the, the less, less, are, you look at the children are the ones whose children have the worst behavior in class okay. or academic performance. And I think that there's something that, that needs to, to change. <laughs> Maybe the communication, the, the language used, the approaches. You know, it's, it's a really difficult thing. It's a really difficult thing. And I don't think it's more to do, it's only to do with race, but also to do with, with socioeconomics. I find that your middle class tends to engage better with the, with the schools, they get more involved. They actually they they raise funds for the school. If there's cake sale, you will see wow. the parents there raising money. If they need to do extra activities like going out and about cinema and even birthdays, the way they socialize. So it's 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 you so know there's a serious so class divide. There's a big Pardon? class divide. There is yes, a serious is. class divide. Yes, serious class divide. Serious. Even when I look at the birthdays. They, you know, your middle class parents only invite their middle class friends and, and the working class friends or parents only invite the working class. So it's, 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 yeah, it's sad. It's sad to see that you, will, you wouldn't believe that in London that happens, but it does happen. But, it does but, happen. But people form their own groups, don't they? They form their own groups. Yeah, and that's natural. And, and the, kids, the kids come together in their own groups, but the kids don't know whether they're middle class or working class. The, the kids don't have no definition of that in their They heads. don't know, but the children are really clever because they know who their circle of friends are. You, as a, as, a, as a young person, you're able to tell, okay, this is my friend. I like this person, but you want to invite that person because you like this other person best. And that is normal. And I don't blame the children for that, but I think the parents have, have, a, a, um, have the power to widen that circle. Right now, more than ever, we want parents to be very inclusive of the, of the, of the child's friendship, isn't it? Friends. We talk, about, we talk about bringing down stereotypes. People need to start broadening up their circle of, 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 of friends. That, but broadening your friend is totally by choice. Say that again. If, sorry, there was, if, if, if there is a language, if, if, if there's a language difference there, if there's a language challenge, then obviously you're not going to connect with the person who probably can't speak English very well. Am I correct? That is true. That is true. That's absolutely true. But we so, as educators, we try to include everyone. We do it all the time within the classroom. We do it through pair work, through group work, through, you know, through different activities. Maybe in math, you have to work with this person. In English, you have to work with this person. Maybe you have to work on your own. There's always uh, periods of, during the day where children have to work collaboratively with other children, regardless of how they feel about that other person. When I was growing up as a child... <laughs> many moons ago <laughs> um, we used to have something called Saturday school and the Caribbean community the, the African and Caribbean community used to make sure that the kids went to Saturday school and if no matter what happening in the week, Saturday school there's going to be homework, there's going to be a drill on Saturday for the child to, to, to work on Saturday there was no escape from this has that totally dis disappeared? Is that something that's available now? Uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really good point you're making there. Saturday schools are brilliant, yeah, are brilliant, but they're not for everyone. Many parents in the community, especially in the black community, they don't realize the role that these Saturday schools play in the first place. Saturday schools are anchor children into culture, into the community into the language, into heritage. And that's, that's a gap within, within the national curriculum. So if parents are complaining about, let's say, racism within the ed educational system, they need to approach organizations or community groups that are running Saturday schools because Saturday schools are filling up that gap. However, many Saturday schools could, can be, at times, alien, alien, very alienating because they might not reflect the, the cultural background or religious background of those parents. So parents might feel that, oh, this is not the place for me. So many people in the community, they feel more comfortable within 
the um, under the umbrella of religious institutions rather than culture because they see it as something a bit radical or militant. And I think we need to start changing that around a little bit. But isn't there some sort of Saturday school within every community, within every borough across London? Yes, there is. But when I've seen Saturday schools for Polish children, for Thai children, for all the type of, for even for Greek children, Saturday schools are really important and they are in every borough. But when you look at the population of black community, it's very scattered. So you might have a few Saturday schools. I know one in the borough of Croydon and I know a few others in the borough of, actually one more in the borough of Lucian. And I know there's another one in East London as well. There is an association called NAPS, National Association for Black supplementary schools and that organization actually has all the information regarding Saturday schools not only in London but also across the country so if people are interested in finding out what's available in the area I think they should try and contact NAPS N-A-B-S-S for more information regarding Saturday schools so Saturday, Saturday supplementary schools is a start to start to 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 to, to, to find that leveling or to find some sort of integration for pe- for for young people for young children who have difficulties in the mainstream school. Would you say that? I wouldn't say that 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 Saturday schools are the answer in terms of behaviour issues because. Children, regardless of their setting, they need to be able to manage their emotions. And I think that's a skill that is not uh, the job or the, or the work of uh, Saturday school per se. I think within any educational setting, you want children to be able to, ma- to manage their emotions. And well, that, when, when, that when you to, say that manage your emotions, what do you mean by that then? When you say manage, children got to manage their emotions, what do you mean by that? When I say that, I mean manage the way they react to certain t- to situations. Uh, let me give you an example. Children might get upset uh, when they have to do PE, when they have to get changed for PE. Some children get upset because they don't like the idea of getting undressed in front of other children. Other children within PE, they might not like the idea of having to work with certain people and they, they start acting in a certain way. They might not collaborate because they don't like the, the sport that they have to deal with. Or in another subject, they might not understand something and they, they believe that bringing refusing to work is the answer so those are um behavior issues that stem from not being able to manage your own emotions wow you don't, you don't seem sure you don't seem 100 percent convinced Tell, talk to me no no it's not that 100 i had, I, I didn't even think of that i i didn't i i i didn't even think of that because what you mentioned there was kids not wanting to change in front of other other children for PE, just changing the PE. Yeah, for now, PE, I, yes. I, That's very common I, I in year, five, in year five, four, five, and six. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So there are, there, are, there are issues all the way through that, that only the parents can kind of educate the, the children about I think, how... I think, you know, education is not the job of the teacher or the school or the Saturday school. It's a community effort. It's not just... It's not one man's job. I think it's, it's all of us... You know, we all are, we, all of us are responsible for the children, not just one person or one institution, because otherwise we enter into this silly game of blaming. And I'm not into blaming anyone. I think there's room for change and for collaboration. And I think parents need to understand that you, when things go pear-shaped, you cannot start blaming because you need to look at yourself and ask, what is it that I'm doing to, to help the situation? How am I helping in my child's development not only academically but also as a person because one thing that I tend to to discuss a lot with my colleagues is the fact that you have a lot of bright children and within the system that are utterly rude that could be a student but they're utterly rude so how come we are giving more importance to grace to that more than values and being polite so that's another issue for me as well well my my um my um my parents would call that manners, no respect on manners. Mm-hmm. That's what the character would say. They have no manners. They haven't been taught any manners. Why do we have children at school that are so rude and no respect for authority? What's causing that? 
I think I think I don't like to use the word authority. I think I think it's more uh, because when you look at that word, teachers represent authority. Yes, okay. parents and and parents also and adults as a whole. So so when we look, if we go back, let's say to the early year setting, to the nursery, to the reception, we see that manners are are everyday currency. You know, when the children come to the door, good morning, how are you? It and they're be. very polite. Yeah. And they're very polite. If you, speak to, if you speak to children early years, nursery, they're really, really polite. And uh, that that man, those good manners are being uh, well. We as adults, we always. Mod, role model that that b- behavior we never argue at least i don't remember children arguing in the school in front of well parents adults arguing in front of children in a classroom but we also say good morning and from from early years up to year six the teacher will say good morning to the student and i can tell you that some students year four year five year six you you know you need to tell them three times before they actually acknowledge your presence. So something wow. has gone wrong somewhere. Wow. Three, four times. Before yeah, actually, and, and, uh, your, yes, and it's true. Some, yeah, some children in enter room. a room; they don't even say good morning. For others, it's natural. Good morning, Miss. How are you? For others, it's just natural, second nature. For others, it's just like they already have wow. that in them. So, wow. where does it come from? I don't think it comes from the school. Because wow. when you walk down the corridor, when I walk down the corridor, I, you know, I greet my, my colleagues. The colleagues greet me. Good morning, miss. Good morning. How are you? So it's natural. <laughs> so, so if that's happening in year five and six, yeah, what happens? Yeah, but it's not, it's not common. It's not, but it's, I see something that is, you know, is, it starts to creep in. Yeah, you, you, you see the traits of it then. Yeah, so by the time they enter secondary school and you hear other colleagues in secondary school education, they complain about children being so rude that causes them stress and some of them give up teaching. Wow, so, so teachers, teachers are on the receiving end of that. Yes, they are. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know your concept that of no child left behind? Well, it's not my concept. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> your statement. Your statement. <laughs> yeah, my your statement. statement. Okay, all right. Your mantra. Your mantra. Uh-huh. No child left behind. So, how do you propose to to deal with all these issues and and be and be able to bring a classroom of thirty kids consistently through so no child get left behind? You know, what personally, you- I feel that a class of thirty is not. It's not ideal. It's too big. Can, it's, 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 a, it's a nice idea to be able to do to give equal treatment and equal level of attention to 30 children. Some children need more attention than others. So being given equal attention is just literally not possible because the need of one child are not the same like the, of the, as a child sitting next to it. So that, that idea of having 30 is not good. When you look at private schools, they have less amount of children in the classroom and they perform better because the time teacher can give more time and more attention to particular well, children. Private schools have more resources yeah. available. To them, yeah, they so. have more resources. And then within a class of 30, you also, even though we have teaching assistant, that by the way, the teaching assistant role is disappearing. Now we have, you have two, you have one adult for 30 children because there's no, there's no manpower to support the need of the children. You have, right now, you have in a class about five to ten children that are SEN. So you tell them, SEN, special needs. Yeah, they have a special need. So you're going to tell me how in a class of 30, having five to nine special needs, you're going to give equal level of attention to every single child. Some children are able to work independently, Others might need a little bit of support and others need constant, constant support. So ideally, okay. you should be able to differentiate and that's what schools do and advocate. They advocate for lesson plans that are differentiated, questioning, the questions has to be differentiated, and even the task has to be differentiated. But even when you give differentiated tasks, some children cannot access that task. So that means that you need an adult to be able to wow. support that child. Otherwise, that child won't be able to access the curriculum. Can you believe that in year five and in year six, 
you have children that are going into secondary school not being able how to read. Wow. Or to not write. Not being able to read or to yes, write. Yes, yeah, not able to read or to write. And they've been in school since nursery. Wow. Before you tell us about STEAM, let's go to the sponsor. But before I do that, if you're joining us for the first time, we're talking about how to improve the way we do education to add creative value. And we have a special guest in-house who's an educator. Rajol believes that there is more we can do. There is more we should be doing in the system. It's not just the job of the teacher. It's the job of the whole community and the parents to help the kids come through. So let's have a word from the sponsor before she tells us about STEAM. You are listening to the Message Talk Show and Podcast. Do you believe you have something to share? Do you believe you have something to contribute? Do you have a story to tell the world, to share with your community? Gandhi said, man often becomes what he believes himself to be. If you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you can't. So join us on the Message Talk Show and Podcast with host Alex Gordon. How to improve the way we do education to add creative value. Why do you think that adding creative value will make a difference in the classroom? I think creativity, when I think of creativity, I think of art, I think of expression. And I think a way of helping children thrive is to allow them to express themselves. When you look at in a, at a class in a classroom setting, it's really difficult to to um, tailor every single subject to that create, creative, um, let's say, flair. So when we look at creativity, people tend to think that it's always only art, but you have other aspects. Children can be creative by moving around the classroom, by working in teams, by even working outside of the classroom as well. Some schools are lucky enough to have gardens, so they work, they go out in the garden. They might be lucky enough to go into the field. And then they, the teachers in those schools are able to give education and the lessons in general a different dimension. Some children or some schools might be able to go on, a out, on outings on a regular place, uh, basics because they realize that many children don't have, don't go out the weekend they only stay in the neighborhood so understanding not only the local neighborhood but what happens in london and what's available for them is really really important and what i want to stress is the importance of working with your hands hands on why, learning why your hands why, why your hands what's the special you, about your hands? hands you know working with your hands is i think is 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 very linked to apprenticeship and very uh, and linked to practical skills that can help children thrive. What do you think is more important? Learning how to read or write, which is really important, or also knowing how to do your shoelaces. You probably are thinking, where, where am I going to do this? Can you believe that I've met children in year five yeah, that don't know how to do the shoelaces? No, no, no. Don't, don't tell me that. Well, what do you mean? I'm not kidding. That's a basic Children, children that struggle to pick up the scissors, to cut with the scissors. Yes. Some children get really stressed out with, with scissors. <laughs> so hands are yeah. really important. When you look at apprenticeship, which is, uh, which is something that the government is pushing right now, I think it's, 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 it's paramount if we want to see children, you know, succeeding because... Young people need to realize that besides the grades, you have skills, you have speaking skills, you have children that are going into becoming YouTubers, yeah. becoming uh, motivational speakers. Yes. And probably when you look at their grades, they're not doing that great in, like, in terms of academic performance, but they have a talent. And I think when you are working with your hands, you can see the, the, a different type of talent coming through. I so can you, remember these young girls. You, you recognize like the faster. You recognize yes, the time. Yes, I recognize okay. children that are not so good academically. The minute that you need to start doing a sewing project, like happened to me a few months ago, this young girl, really weak in certain areas, well, across the board, I gave her a needle, my word, she created this lovely purse. And then wow. this other girl, SEN, she's really creative. She's running her own hair bow business. Wow. So, so if we ignore those, we are... But academically, she doesn't, she doesn't perform at all. No. Academically, some children are doing really, really bad. Wow. But when you look at those skills, 
they are thriving. But when you look at that, the way it's being that the, the educational system kind of grades, that that grade is is minimal. It's like one percent. Oh, she she. Uh, you can only write it as a comment, but you cannot write it as a oh outstanding. It's right. not in the same level as English and maths. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? So, tell us about Steam. Tell us about Steam. Well, Steam for those that don't know, it stands stands for science. Technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. That's what it stands for. I think a few years ago, there was an emphasis on STEM, which leaves the art, the art out. But I believe that art is really important. It's the way we right. express ourselves, the way we talk. You know, it's fashion. Yeah, it's poetry. So, it's color. So how does STEAM, how, how does STEAM gets represented in the schools, or how do you think STEAM will, rep- will help the children, the young people? How, okay. First of all, when, when the STEAM that I do advocates for a more hands-on approach, so we promote, we do the STEM events, and what we do is teach s- skills that the children would, would not normally learn in school. For instance... So what, what does a STEM event consist of then? So, for instance, the latest, the latest event that we have done, it was a CSI event, crime scene investigation. So the children were taught forensic skills. Yeah, so we okay. had a forensic, uh, forensic event for children. The first event that we did, it was a few years ago, and we had the London Metropolitan Police. We had a private investigator who actually showed the children what her job entailed. So she would go into a crime scene and she would prepare certain equipment to be able to find out footprints of the criminal, fingerprints, wow. and uh, also explain why, why, why her job is important and how we as a community can help as well. We also had the London Ambul- Ambulance Service who spoke about the dangers of knife crime. And it was a very young audience, so they, they were really, really good in explaining to children that you know, knives, knives kill. And surprisingly, there were many, many children in the audience who thought that if you got stabbed, nothing would happen to you. They thought that, actually, the question was, what part in the body can get, can, you can get stabbed and not die? Children actually thought that the shoulder, the leg, and they didn't realize that probably the, the less dangerous place where you can get stabbed probably is the, the little finger on your toe. And that's so, not going to happen. So in their heads, they think they've got safe spots in their body that they can get stabbed. Yes, but these are, they were very young audience. They were teens, they were early teens and very young children. They, so if you can imagine that they, that they think that, so they went home knowing that, you know, you are not safe if someone stabs you. Mm. Yes, yeah, so, so, mm. so that was a that, really, really, that, that was a, an eye-opener. As well, so they, me, we've got some comments coming through here. Let me just see yeah, the comments people are giving us here right now. So, oh yeah, please share this. Please share this conversation with your friends. People are saying, please share this conversation with your friends because it's so important. You know what you were saying just now, really startled me to think that young children actually believe a knife could go into their body and hurt them and think it's safe to do that. Yeah, still that you, you, would, you would survive. That is yeah, but yeah, I was, uh, yeah, so that was all the adults in the room that day we were like, we froze like, what? Do you really think that you can get stuck and, 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 and not die? Wow. Yeah. It shouldn't be entertained at all. There should yeah. be no yeah. idea of being stabbed or, you know, being justified in any shape or form. So your STEM workshops happen around London, Birmingham, Manchester, or is it just London? I wish, I wish. At the moment, it's just London. We have done CSI Croydon. That was the first one. And uh, we did it in collaboration with Abundance Croydon uh, as part of the Learning Unified, Unified Learning. Then we had... CSI Peckham. Actually, before that, we had CSI Abbeywood. Then we had CSI Peckham. And then the last, the last one happened before the lockdown, and that was CSI Haringey. So, the, and, so CSI, which is the crime scene investigation, investigation yes. happens in collaboration with the police? 
uh, it happened in collaboration with the police on the first the first year. After okay. that, it has been really, really difficult to get anyone from the London Metropolitan Police to get involved with this. And I think it's really important that the children understand what the job is so they can see themselves being a private investigator in their own community. You see how many crimes go unresolved and we actually we rely on the people that we complain most about. Do you understand this? So we should be asking the police associations to get involved with the CSI programme that you guys are trying to run across London. Yes, yes. So so what would be the ideal for you then? If if STEM's operating, what what would be the ideal in terms of pushing STEM out? What would you want to see? I want to to see the outcome for me is seeing children that choose probably working for the police or working as a private investigator. But don't forget that that forensics is a science in itself. It's science. It's yeah. forensic science. So within that forensic field, you had many, many aspects. You have forensic, um, how do you call it? Um, how do you call it? Forensic, the blood, looking at the blood. Forensic uh, archaeology, looking at the bones, remains of bones. Forensic, what are the finance, looking at fraud, digital forensic, looking at the, at the criminal activity of someone online. So there are many aspects of forensics. It's not just going out and start dusting off fingerprints. So it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's science in itself. So anyone interested in science could look at forensics as a way wow. of, look, I could go into that. But going back to the question as to what, how can it help children, if I've had a child and in, in my child attended to a CSI event, I would like my child to be able to learn how to do CPR, how to be able to do a basic bandage. Let's say you have a friend has been stabbed, unfortunately. You are able right there and then to be able to apply to do first aid to your, to your friend. Yeah. Look what happens to... to, 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 to Doesn't first ahead. aid get taught in schools at all, first aid? No. No, you might no. have... When, when the funding was available, there were, there were how do you call it? I can't remember the name of this program. It was a wonderful program where they um, help mothers, young mothers with their babies. So I, was in, I think it was early, short start or early years start where the, okay. where, the, where the community center would be open to mothers. They would bring the babies. They would sing together. And also they would look at CPR and teach parents what to do with the baby in the case of an emergency. That's no longer available. But I think we can bring that, and and it's very needed. Imagine There were some some good programs that were making an impact on the community then. Yes, but because of funding, that has stopped. And I think it's a real, real shame because you might have parents that might have to run to to, to, uh, A&E because they cannot do a basic, you know, basic CPR to their babies. And if you remember the, the, um, the sad event, Stephen Lawrence, how he died, I think it was yes. Dwayne, his friend, that said the first thing that shocked him when the police arrived to the crime scene was the fact that they stood there and let him die. They never applied any first aid to him. They let, yeah, they, they, they that's, that I remember they, that. Can they, you they, imagine yeah. if that, if any young person that has watched a friend die on the street, knowing how to do CPR, could be there, could, could have saved their, their friend's life. Do, do you see how powerful this could, could this be? Mm. If you as a young person, knowing that you are already within that group that is in danger of getting involved in crime or being a, 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 a victim of crime, if you already have the skill, you are, you have better chances of surviving. Not wishing that to anyone, but can we be more... Uh, can we prevent more rather than react? Because Prevention. there's a tendency of react to everything that happens, and we need to prevent. If we are in the in the shadows, uh, or actually at the front front, I should say, making clear to parents that you can teach these skills to children. They don't have to wait until they are 18 or until something awful happens. How much grief will be saved in our communities? So you're talking about some form of basic first aid being taught to young people. Yes. Stop. Yeah, it has to be. And I have spoken to a doctor and, uh, and that actually doctor, I can't remember her name. I can't I remember her name, but she works for the London Ambulance Service. And she told me that she would be 100% for it because we have young people dying and getting stabbed. 
Wow. It's important. It's important. It is wow. important. It's important. No child left behind. Now, now, now I'm beginning to see what you mean about no child left behind. We can't afford for a generation to, to, to lose their life, to, to be impaired in any way, shape or form, not to get a good education, not to be skilled to come out to the marketplace. Because when they come to the job market, it's a different kettle of fish mm-hmm. being unprepared. Yeah. That, that, that's, so STEM is, STEM is a starting point in our community. Yeah, it's a starting point. You know, it's a starting point. There has to be a starting point. But I think many parents, especially those that are really successful, I can think of a few, they're already teaching the children how to be independent. They're already they are building yeah. businesses that's together. They're building yeah. wealth together. So the children know that you don't need to rely on the outside, on the outer community, where you might face discrimination because within your community, no one bothered to create a legacy for you. And so that's, some and parents are able to do it. Some parents are doing it. Some people have, some parents have the skill to do it. Some have. I agree with you hundred percent. We have a lot of literature, literature books out there that can teach people how to do it. And you have professionals in the community that are actually teaching financial literacy. I can think of a few from the top of my head. I can think of, Paula Perry, I can think of Charmaine Simpson, and I can think of other people that are actually trying to make a, 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 a difference in their communities. Yeah. Do you have a website? Yes, I, I do have a website, but I think you'd be better off following me on Facebook and on Instagram at Steam Power. Let me show you. Steam Power, Steam Power, <laughs> at Steam Power LTD. That's Steam Power LTD. Yes, and then you can follow me on LinkedIn as well. So you're the Steam Power, the Steam Power, um, the Steam Power STEM ambassador. Ah, oh, let me get that in my head. Yeah. So Steam. Anyone Power can be an ambassador, by the way, because you just want to foster a culture of learning, also a culture of you know asking questions. We want children, young people to ask questions, to be inquisitive and to be more involved in the community. You have very young people doing amazing things. Look at this young footballer. Himself, his know, campaign. That, that was, that, 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 was, that, was that, that, that touched me when I saw the TV. Yeah, that is amazing. And, so and he him. remember how it's like to be Yes, angry. he remembered. And that was important. Although he's become a great success himself, he remembered what it was like. That's and, right. And, and that's half the that's half the challenge. When people achieve success in their own life and they remember where they're coming from and reach back to, to campaign to bring change to their community. That is amazing. And I was touched yeah. by that. I was yeah, really it was, it was it was I think it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. So let me just show you. Okay, so Steam Power on Facebook, Steam Power Limited, LTD, yeah? Yes. Steam and pa- then and on, on Instagram, Instagram as well, and Instagram as well as Steam the same Power L- LTD. Yes, actually, I should have said that that in on my Steam, um, sorry, on my Facebook page, you don't need to say LTD. It's just Steam Power, but it's all right. We it's are Steam can, Power. Okay, just Steam, just Steam Power. Power on Facebook. Yes, connect with Joel, connect with Steam Power, become an ambassador. She's looking for ambassadors across the country. She's looking for ambassadors in London. Birmingham, Manchester, Liverpool, across the whole of the UK. You want to raise up people to run STEM across the country. STEM workshops. Yes, yes STEM workshops, forensic workshops. Get the children forensic to, workshops. Yeah, into the science. And also I'm in collaboration. And also I'm in talks, sorry to cut you. I'm in talks with um, Ricardo Johnson, not just for football, because he wants to bring a cycling into the GCSE curriculum. He was talking about how footballers, many young people are actually kind of funneled into the world of football, thinking that they are going to become the next superstar. But that's not the truth for everyone. What happens uh, next? What happens they, they next? They see that all the time. They see, they yeah, see that well, yeah that's right. Time. That's so, right. So what happens next? There. Yeah, there's a big assumption. What happens next? And even when you become a superstar, who is going to be the next manager? Yes. <laughs> so yes. that's, a, that's another territory where, where many young people after becoming stars and earning millions for the football teams are not you know are not well, welcome you still need a backup plan of course of course you, need <laughs> you a still need plan. education yeah. a backup plan so even if you become a football star even if you're on your way to becoming a football sensation you should still receive the level of education that's required 
Yeah, and there's science there as well. Those people that are working in the in the chain in the locker rooms, you know, helping the the footballers to to recover after the 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 football match or the, the training, you know, they are science sports scientists. So you have science everywhere, science everywhere. everywhere. So, so we've got to educate our young people with that. Yeah, we do. We do. So if there was a if there was one thing you'd like to tell the audience. People in London, across the world, especially especially the inner cities, because this is the challenges that we face are main are a lot that uh, they are they are polarized in our inner cities. What would that message be? I think one of the things that I would like to leave you with is um, that do not allow anyone to create your own future or create that narrative for you. To create that narrative, let me write this down. Sorry, do not allow anyone to create your own narrative for you. Yes. Do not allow anyone to create your own narrative. You must control your narrative. That yes. is powerful. Yeah, you have to. You have to. You know, it's it's really easy as a young person to to be easily led or influenced by your even your parents the the your friends the media but i think there has to be a time where you have that internal dialogue and you say to yourself this is where i want to be this is what i want to do this is who i want who am i wow who i am yeah you have got to get to that point sorry say that again you've got to get to that point as a young person to start creating your own identity yes and being con- and be in charge of that creation yes. process. Yeah. That being and that becoming. Yes. Wow. Rajol, it's been an amazing time talking to you today. And I can Thank sense, you. I can feel the passion. I can sense the power which you want to bring changes to our education system, by which you want to support parents, by which you want to support everyone just to make create a better future for our young people. That is all it is. Yes. And we, we all want that, don't we? We all want that, and our and our system, our educational system, has to answer to the needs of our community. One thing that probably we don't have time to talk about is that I, I see how many people back home they see they actually bow to European standards of education, not knowing that the education that is being provided in this country answers the needs of this country. This you, country. So yes. this country, so you cannot bring that over there because. What you've been taught or what you what you've learned might not be applicable to the needs of your country or the people back home. So we need to start adapting and adapt our own curriculum to the needs of our community. That's really important. So controlling your own narrative is not just for the young people; it's for the countries, it's for the governments. Yeah, it's yeah. The ambassadors of of these great yeah. countries they need to control their own narrative, create things that relevant for development of our own people when are you stepping into politics <laughs> funny that you say that funny that you say that well who knows who knows, who knows? Uh, when are you stepping into politics because you cer- you certainly have a passion for something for, for <laughs> driving change and if, if there's ever a time that we need that driving force to push through change it's 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 an all levels. It's an all levels. Yes, Definitely. from STEM, from STEM to the teachers to the schools to the parents, but to the politicians as well. And Definitely. I think sometimes, sometimes what I think what's happened, we become comfortable with our own lifestyles. So right. when once we're comfortable, we operate within our own zones, mm-hmm. and so we lack awareness of what's happening in our community, in the heart of our community, until the TVs show it to us until the reporters show us something and suddenly it, it creates an uproar. Yeah. yeah, it's like we have the wake-up call. Yeah, we have the wake-up call. The wake-up call, yeah. But the thermostats, the thermometer, we're not, we're not measuring what's happening in our local communities to prevent things. Because you, you said earlier about being more preventative than reactionary. Mm-hmm. Teaching kids to grow, to grow with respect and manners. Helping young people to collaborate with each other, helping young people to manage their emotions, and that's not just young people as well. That's adults. That's yeah, me included. It's not easy. <laughs> manage their emotions and bringing that the whole sense of respect and manners 
mm-hmm. as a way of living and of life from an early age so that we grow responsible citizens. But Joel, it's been an amazing time with you today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Alex. And, it's been great. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I think you should drive a campaign across the country with STEM, the STEM workshops. Yes. Then come on board to say, okay, how can we make STEM happen? How can we drive CSI across the country so bring another level of education to our young people? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the Message Talk Show. It's been an amazing time talking to Rajol from STEAM, from the STEM workshops across the country that she wants to do, that she wants to push out, and she needs your help. She needs your help more than ever. She needs every person's help who wants to see change in our community, change from a young age to adult age. Let's just go to the sponsor before the show finishes. You are listening to the Message Talk Show and Podcast. Do you believe you have something to share? Do you believe you have something to contribute? Do you have a story to tell the world, to share with your community? Gandhi said, man often becomes what he believes himself to be. If you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you can't. So join us on the Message Talk Show and Podcast with host Alex Gordon. The Message Talk Show broadcasts once a week on the Thursday, 11 o'clock. And we help passionate individuals get their message out. We help small business owners, entrepreneurs go from unnoticed to being known. So if that's you, connect with us, make contact with us, and get your message out. It's time for a change. And the change is going to come through entrepreneurship. People like Joel run STEM workshops across the country, passionate about what they do, but need your help. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Thank you for sharing the program. Thank you you for expressing. And check out the replay and check out the watch party. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Message Talk Show. If you believe you have a message, if you believe you have a voice, and you're passionate about what you do, then join us on The Message Talk Show. If you'd like to sponsor The Message Talk Show, contact us. Thank you for listening to The Message Talk Show with host Alex Gordon.